And if there is air in your lungs, you still have hope in your life. The sweet ain't sweet without the bitter. We know daylight by night, like literally nothing exists without its opposite. Thoughts become things, I'm telling you. The only person I can work on and make any changes on is myself. Consciousness is always evolving and our present perception becomes our conscious reality. Is life happening for you or is it happening to you? A life of authenticity is a life of skillfully practicing your values. You are perfectly human and even when we stumble, we still stumble forward. If you seek truth and move in love, then your family. I invite you to have a seat at our table. You are listening to an authentic outlier, the nocturnal therapist himself, Harry Turner. So hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Is That So Show. And again, the Is That So Show is about equanimity. In a time where many of us are being bombarded with so many stressors, it's the Is That So is our mantra, the the the, the parable of Haku and his, his choice of words with Is That So, be it something pleasurable or unpleasurable. His choice to just be completely present in the moment without judging what happens or what is occurring because he was able to understand that while life is happening to us, life most certainly is also happening for us. Life is always conspired in our favor and pain. When we can look beyond our pain, we begin to see some of that mysticism. And so welcome to today's show. Is that So we have a very special guest, very special guest on today's show. Ms. Janice Short uh, is the editor of Best Holistic Life and the author of the international best-selling book, Oh My Health. Health, excuse me. Oh My Health. There is hope. Oh My Health. There is hope. Yeah, I had to say it again because I messed it up the first time. So I'm going to keep on. Y'all going to notice that. Look, I got I to gotta get it right. I'm not going to mess people's stuff up now. I'm going to make sure that that is, you know, quality, Hollywood quality stuff. All right. So, look, again, thank y'all for tuning in to today's episode. You know, this is episode three of the Is That So show. And again, I just want to welcome you and know that it's only going to continue to to be a a source of not only shared vision, but also shared values, most importantly, shared values in this space. This season is about holistic wellness, mind, body, and spirit wellness. And you're going to find that I pull unique individuals from various professions onto the show for these episodes this season. And that's because we need to understand that living unapologetically authentic, which is my personal mission statement, As you know, my personal mission statement is to assist others in developing the audacity to live unapologetically authentic. And so I want to pull from a a diverse pool of professionals who are fueled with passion, who are lit. And again, y'all know our motto, our movement, our way is to stay lit. It really is a way of life. And lit stands for living in truth, living in your truth. That's how you stay for life. When you realize, when you talk to people who have a certain passion and that passion just exudes from their pores, again, that's them living in their authentic truth, in their truth. And when you move into that truth, then you get access to power that you didn't know was there, was always there for you, but you just didn't have access to it because you didn't have that belief. You didn't take that risk. You didn't gamble on yourself. And what you realize, because life is always conspiring in your favor, that when you gamble on yourself, it's never truly a gamble. The game is rigged. You're supposed to win it. 
how you win a game, you choose to be courageous in spite of being afraid. Yes, you can still be unapologetically authentic, even though you are terrified to do so. And so you will see a diverse group of professionals of brilliant minds come on this show this season to talk about holistic wellness and other various topics. And so to invite today's guest on the show, Miss Jana Shart, editor again of Best Holistic Life and the author of the international best-selling book, Oh My health. There is hope. Mrs. Shart is into empowering others to live their authentic selves. She's she assists with the uh, social media branding, personal uh, branding. She said to me be prior to the show that messages are important. And so we most certainly I want to ask her most certainly what does she mean by messages are important? I think that's that's pertinent to everybody listening to this. And so I want to welcome on the stage Miss Jana Shart. So, Miss Short, how you doing? I'm well. How are you? Hey, I'm 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 doing well. You know, I'm doing lovely. I am perfectly splendid. You know, I'm excited to have you on the show. So you may see a little bit of my anxiety coming out because I I am totally not not anxious in a bad way. I'm just you know I'm just really really ready to hear some of the the jewels that you're going to spit today. So please welcome to the show and introduce yourself to the people. I'm a I'm gonna step back for a second while you introduce yourself to the people. But please introduce yourself to the people. Hi, I'm I'm Jenna Short. I'm the editor of Best Holistic Life magazine. I also have a best selling book. Oh my health, there is hope. And I work as a mindset coach. I actually was um, picked as a top Los Angeles coach again for year two in a row. So yay. But um, I would literally work getting people to get into their real space or authentic space and to get that kind of acknowledgement when they're out working. Like, how do people know who you are? Even if you are the very, very, very best at what you're doing, if nobody knows, knows who you are, who are you helping? So I help them get known, get seen, their voice get out. I just put a light on their beautiful mission and work with them. So it's been amazing creating the magazine, the podcast. I have a podcast called Oh My Health, There Is Hope with over 300,000 subscribers. So it's like people need to hear your message. Oh, yes. Yes. All right, sister. That is a mouthful there. You know, that's that's a few mouthfuls. And so, again, thank you for uh, being willing to be on the show today. I just want to just there's so many questions I had for you. So the first one is, again, when it comes down to messaging, why why is messaging so important to you? Why why helping people with their messaging is so important to you in particular? So here's a little secret about me. I am now 60 years old and I started this whole new phase of my life after I turned 51. And it is because I had a near death experience where I was given a couple of weeks to survive and it changed my life and how I saw everything. So I was an interior designer. And I used to have a Bentley and I had a Prada bag and the Gucci shoes and all this stuff. And when I walked into a client's house, I knew they were going to hire me because I, I reeked of success. But when I was on my deathbed and there was no time left, I wasn't thinking about anything that was a possession. I had a brand new grandbaby. He was our seventh, our fifth grandbaby. He was nine weeks old and my daughter put him in my arms. And all I could think about was how will he have one memory of me? 
Like he won't know anything. He won't know what I smelled like, what it sounded like to laugh with me, what it felt like to be hugged by me. And all of a sudden, nothing was important to me anymore, but creating that one memory, which is how this whole journey started. When I first was asked, this is why your stories are so important and the journeys that you're going on, no matter how difficult they may seem at the time, are so important for you to share them. But when I first spoke on stage, it was to 30,000 people to share my story. And I was a nervous wreck. I literally kept saying, um, um, um. And all I could think about was they were judging me, right? I was sick and I was weak and they were judging me and I was shaking. I was sweating. I got off stage. I threw up. But as I'm walking off, the the stage director put her hand on my shoulder and said, where are you going? And I was like, am I not done yet? (laughs) Can I just be done? And she says, of course, you're done. You did great. There is a group of people waiting to meet you. And I looked around the corner and there literally was a line of hundreds of people, hundreds of people. Why do they want to see me? What did I do? Right? So I go down this line and they were crying and they were hugging me and they were like, what you said really resonated with me. I know someone who could use this. And it, it literally, I realized how powerful my journey was. And if I could just find the, the strength and get past that fear of sharing something so intimate of mine, like, like something I had to experience with the world, I could change things. And I wrote that book, Oh My Health, There Is Hope, because I realized it's not just my story. It's all of our stories coming together because some people won't relate to my story, but they'll relate to your story. So in the book, it's a collaboration of powerful, inspiring stories, and it became a bestseller in under a week. And I'm like, I have to tell more stories, but I don't want to write another book. So I started the podcast. We are on 277th episode now, and it's just my guest. And I have professional football players, actresses, people, just regular people like me coming on and sharing their stories of hope. And they are so powerful because it always leads them always to some beautiful space that they're in right now, creating change. And I believe that our stories, the change that we create is generational. This change is going to affect my grandchildren's grandchildren's grandchildren. I won't even be around to see it. But that's the kind of change I want to create in the world. And I know that we all have a little bit of that inside of us because we've all been through some. I'm sorry. I hope I can say that. <laughs> but we say all, as much as you need to say. <laughs> we've all been through some stuff and it was for a reason. I went, I would not change a thing. I, I hear that, used to hear that all the time. And I'd be like, right, you would not change that. I wouldn't, I would not change a thing because that beautiful thing that it created for this very moment has put me in in my purpose, in my passion, and I am thriving at it because I just leaned into what was in my authentic space and it was magical. So if you can find that space and lean into it, things will start changing for you. You sound, first off, applause. Just just one more time. Just So, but you, you sound awfully close to, to what I said. And that we are to lean into our discomfort, you know, and when I said lean into when I say this, lean into our discomfort, the discomfort that is in that space of not knowing the discomfort that exists in what is called liminal space, where you know that you have to let go of who you think you are in order to become whoever you may be. And that takes courage 
And that takes audacity. You know, it's definitely not a journey for the faint of heart. And as it said, you know, the longest journey any of us will ever take is that is the journey from our heads, that distance, that journey between our heads and our hearts. That's the longest journey for any of us, you know, and all of us. And so I just applaud you again for, you know, embarking on that journey and empowering so many. I mean, so talk to us. I mean, what's the secret? I mean, I definitely how do I get to the three hundred thousand plus, you know, or where? How do you know? Tell us. Tell us some jewels. Drop some jewels for the audience. I'm going to give you a really big secret. Like this okay. is huge. Everything you need to do exactly what I did is already between these beautiful ears of yours. It's all mindset. It really, truly is. I did not cure myself from the from the illness that was killing me, but I learned to thrive in that space. Nothing changed for me, except for the fact that I wake up every morning, I'm happy, I feel like I'm thriving in that space. All you have to do is get out of your own way. So I, I hear people say all the time, you don't understand, I, I had an abusive relationship. I had... My parents separated. My dad left me. Well, let me tell you, I was raised by an alcoholic father who was not there. I was a mother at the age of 16. Like those things happened to me too. Like none of us had a perfect life. Even now, nothing's perfect. Thank goodness. It's full of messiness that I love. But I tell people I'm now a 42 year old daughter and I just turned 60. So you do the math. I went to college with her. I worked three jobs. I did what I had to do and I got out of my own way. So if you're saying I can't because of this happened or I can't because that happened, I am telling you, you can do anything you want. Get out of your way. Just set your mind on it. Our brain, it has like this little map that we create. It's like a blueprint of where we want to go. And I do this all the time for like my magazine. I want to be on track to have a million subscribers. I've hit over 300,000 in two years. And I just visualize it. I get out of my way. I lean in and I do it with so much joy that I'm telling you, it just opens the doors for it. But getting out of your own way is the most important thing. It's I'm telling you, it's all in our heads. No one is going to stop me. If I fail, I know that's on me. If I succeed, it's on me. So it's all on you. Get out of your way. (laughs) Start moving forward. So how is it that we get in our way? We get in our way by telling, it's that monkey voice that goes off in your head. By the way, I still deal with monkey voice, right? I still deal with, why is this happening to me? I don't deserve this, right? What did I do? I'm just this grandma. How is this happening for me? And I have to stop that monkey voice in my head. So when you have a vision that you want to do, I want 300,000 followers. I want these followers because I know if they hear my voice, I can start changing the world. So you have to have a mission behind that. If you want 300,000 followers because you want to twerk, you're probably going to you're probably going to get them, but what's the point? If you want to make a change in the world and you want to draw those people in, you have to get out of your way. Meaning, don't tell yourself I can't. Why are they coming to me? I'll tell you why they're coming to me now. Because I know a powerful voice. I know I have a powerful, inspiring message. And I'm not afraid anymore to share it like I was years ago when I was on that stage shaking and sweating and throwing up. I'm different because I pushed past that fear and got out of my way. The voices in our head are the excuses we make. I can't do this because I don't have enough money. I didn't think I could go to college because I was a single mom working three jobs. You can make it happen. You absolutely can make anything happen. I see people do it all the day. I met a gentleman at a, an event I was speaking at. He was born with no arms and no legs. You can look him up on Google. I wish I could remember his name right now, but I can't. 
he climbed Mount Kilimanjaro, had no arms, no legs. I don't think I could walk it, <laughs> but he, nothing got in his way. And he told me the only thing he can't do is buttons. He drives, he's, he played wrestling in school. Like he does everything. And he was born with no arms and no legs. And it was because his dad one day at the dinner table slammed down his hand when his mom and his grandmother were feeding him and wiping his mouth let him do it himself. If he'll, he'll figure it out or he'll starve. He wasn't a child. He was older at this point, And he was thinking in his head, well, my dad really let me starve. It's the hardest thing in the world to get out of our way and to watch ourselves or our children or someone else struggle. You want to fix it, right? But sometimes the beauty in what's going to happen is, is birthed out of that struggle. He figured out how to eat. He played wrestling. He played football. Like this guy, his last name is Maynard. I can't remember his first name, but I'm thinking he climbed Mount Kilimanjaro. I think it's Mount Kilimanjaro. It was craziness. I was so impressed by him. And he's just this regular guy, just everything he does it. And I never even saw after getting to know him, his handicaps, like you just don't even see it. You're just looking at in awe of all of his success. We are all capable of that. Every single one of us, no matter what baggage you're hauling around in your vehicle, we are all capable of that greatness. And I remember when I was young thinking, like, I remember I just posted about this, practicing my way, right? I was going to be Miss America. Then when I grew past the Miss America phase, I remember packing or playing my air guitar because I was going to be a rock star, right? And I'd rock out to whatever music. I always had this feeling that there was something big that was going to happen in my life. And I know there's a lot of you who like, it's there. I can feel it bubbling inside of me, but I don't know how to make it happen. It took me being on my deathbed. It took me it stripping me from everything that I thought was important to knowing that like I have this moment to make a change and I'm not going to miss it. I'm not going to let it slip by and creating that change and still addressing that voice in my head that says, you don't, you don't deserve this. Who are you to get this right? I do deserve it because I am being very authentic in my space. I am creating a beautiful change. And I know that I'm getting message of hope out. And if that message of hope gets out and it makes someone go one more day, one more hour, I did my job. And I remember thinking that I don't know how many of you listening have had that hopeless feeling. It's awful. When they tell me I have two weeks to live, my husband's a doctor. My two daughters were in medical school. They have now graduated and they're doctors of natural medicine because they chose to get on the proactive side of health than the reactive side of health. And I remember thinking it felt like somebody walking me to the gas chamber, right? Two weeks and they're all around me and I can't escape this sentence that I have. And it was horrible. It was absolutely horrible. I don't want anyone to feel that hopelessness. Like I, I want you to have hope in your life. And if there is air in your lungs, you still have hope in your life. I know I just went on a whole lot, but I get super passionate when I talk about the possibilities that could happen to you if you just step out of your way. And so it sounds like, again, you said a mindset, it's a mindset thing, right? It's all minds. I'm telling you, it's everything is mindset. Everything. If you want to lose weight, mindset. If you want a great relationship, mindset. If you want to finish school, mindset. It's all mindset. And so you're now you're in my realm. 
Okay, because they're dealing with the mind, of course. I'm professional on uh, my my practices, of course, in psychotherapy. And so dealing with the mind is, is you know, you're talking my language. And so, yes, I also believe that it's a mindset. And it's also understanding that the limitations that the mind shows you or displays in front of you, that it says are your limitations, are not your limitations. It is the mind's limitations. It is the extent or the boundary of how far the sight the mind has, how far your mind can see you actually going there. But understand that the mind, it makes a projected hypothesis based off of things that you have experienced in the past. And based off of these things that you've experienced in the past, it formed conclusions about you. And also you develop a sort of a code of behavior that was not inherent to you, but that you've inherited out of pain and fear. And so in that space of pain and fear, most certainly the mind dominates and it will tell you how you're not going to do a thing because it doesn't want you to actually live. That's not the priority. It's not that it's against opposed to you living, but it's just not the priority. The priority for the mind is self-preservation. So if if it has to scare you into what it believes is a safety zone, the safety zone of your insecurities, the safety zone of you staying in the closet, you know, just the safety zone of you not using your voice, whatever that safety zone is, whatever that avoidance behavior is, the mind most certainly will be the vanguard leading the way, telling you that message. But that's why I said earlier that the longest distance anybody will ever take is the distance between their heads and their hearts, because the mind was made last to help us navigate the physical world. It has no understanding of spiritual things, of spiritual truths. And so from that space, you have to get that knowledge from the body and from the heart. And when you move to your heart space, now you realize that you use the mind for what it was intended to be in the first place, a tool for the heart. You see, the mind believes that the body is an extension of it, but in reality, the mind, the, the mind was made last. And so it is the body, the body and the mind being an extension of the body and not the mind, not the body being an extension of the mind. You know, if, if, if that makes, does that, does that make sense, sister? I'm, I'm saying this for the people, but does this make sense to you? Yeah, no, it totally makes sense to me. I think you said it beautifully. It's, it's very true. And it literally does live in the body before it goes to the mind 100%. And it's a generational thing. So you, it doesn't have to be something traumatic that's happened to you to cause you to have that block. It could just be something you overheard as a young child, especially when it comes to being around money. One of the things that I knew that I had a problem with was a money block. I was really blocking money because I felt guilty having money. Who feels guilty having money, right? Mm. And I kept saying, I don't have a block, I don't have a block. But then I started doing some work on it. And there it was, my mom. Right. My mom being a mom, like she was, I was born in the sixties, early sixties. And she was from the generation where women served men, right? They didn't get jobs. They weren't smarter. They didn't go to college. And when I asked to go to college, she said to me, be careful. You will wreck your relationship when you go to college, because if you're smarter than your husband, you make more money, they won't feel manly. Well, that is not the case anymore. My mom wasn't trying to hurt me. My mom was trying to, that was her idea of what a perfect relationship looked like. And that's what she wanted for me. My husband has assured me (laughs) that I can make all the money I want and be as smart as I want. And he's totally okay with that. But I had to get past that block. There were times that I would be in meetings that were surrounded by men in corporate meetings. And I dummied up 
or I kept my mouth shut because I didn't think it was my place or I didn't want to make them feel less. And I've learned that they don't anymore. Like, it's just not the case. You can be as smart as you want, as rich as you want. And it took me some work to get past that block. But again, that wasn't something, it wasn't traumatic. It was just my mom saying it because she wanted me to get have that life that they envisioned in the 50s, right? Get married, cook for your husband, stay at home with the kids. And that's not a bad life. It just wasn't my dream for my life. So it sounds like what you're saying, as I say, is that so? Is that so? Sounds like what you're saying is that that wasn't your truth. No, but it's okay uh, for whoever's truth it is. It's just that I wanted I wanted more. Remember that bubbly feeling I was talking about? I knew there was more for me. And I knew I needed an education for that to take care of my daughter as a single mom. And by the way, that daughter is now a, a doctor with a PhD. And so I didn't do such a bad job. <laughs> so um, totally, it, it definitely is, is not something that she passed on to be hurtful. And it's, it's okay if it's your choice. I want to be a stay-at-home mom. These are the things I want to do. If that's your space of joy, that is not a bad space to be in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, sister, I want to jump into this real quick. Normally, I wait a little later to jump into this, but I feel like this is going to cause, uh, you know, we're going to we're going to we're going to have a synergistic dialogue, you know. Um, so let me just jump right into this one. Connect your personal brand or your mission statement to being lit or living in truth for life. You want me to do that? Oh, yes. So if I'm going to connect my personal mission to living living in my truth mm-hmm. and my personal brand, my brand is about creating hope in the world. That mm-hmm. is my whole message. When you're creating a brand, and I do this all the time with people, they're like, oh, I picked this beautiful color and I got this great font and there's these great photos. That is not a brand. Your brand is so much deeper than that. My brand is about changing the world by giving them hope, letting them know they're not alone, letting them know that this may look perfect right now. Like it may look like I've got everything I need, but it's work. It is not perfect. It is full of messiness. And the messiness is the most perfect part about it. And so my mission, putting it in living in my truth, I speak my voice now. I I get out there and I not only share my storage, I give people the strength to start sharing theirs and creating a change in the world. I had a beautiful woman who I worked with who was afraid to tell me that she had been arrested for a drug charge when she was younger, but she was now, she was a doctor creating all this stuff in epigenetics. And she was so afraid to share that. The minute she found the strength to share that, people came out of the woodwork. Like they saw wow, this lady was on crack and doing all this stuff. And here she is now doing this incredible stuff. It shows them that you too can make that change for yourself. There's hope. You can do that. So that is my brand and my mission is to create hope in the world. And the change that I would thank you for that, sister, and the change that was made from the person addicted to crack to the person who's this brilliant mind on, you know, teaching epigenetics, understand that the change that happened there was a heavy dosage of truth, yep. of, of her personal truth that pulled her from the shadows. Because we look at our story and this is the issue. 
we are always in the process of answering that question, who am I? And so we look at our story to to discover who am I? And if we had horrible stories, then we assume that that's just who we are. We have a horrible fate. We're horrible people. Bad things happen to us because we are, quote unquote, bad people, not even knowing that that word in of itself is just a conundrum and extremely subjective. But what that sister did was she finally had a heavy dosage of truth about who she is by leaning into the discomfort of the shadows that she was in. I haven't spoken to her, but I guarantee you, 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 you play this for her. You share my episode. I'm not saying you specifically, but it, you know, for the people out there that know this sister, you share my episode and then ask her if this sounds like what she went through. My name is a nocturnal therapist for a reason. You know, it's nocturnal because I see the darkness, but yet I can still operate in spite of being immersed in that darkness. And I know what it's like to be in those shadows. And so we go, what we do is we bring our awareness to those shadow parts and they, these, these places where the triggers are at, these unresolved traumatic events in us, because if we don't deal with it, it deals with us. It begins to possess our spirits and it begins to form limiting beliefs because we won't deal with it. And so we have to deal with it. There's no choice. And so we lean into that discomfort of dealing with that, which we are terrified to deal with and have been avoiding for most of our lives. And when we do, when we stare into that abyss and we think we're going to see this hideous monster that we are, when we stare dead at our so-called shame, we realize that that is the complete opposite of who we are. Again, we are not our shame. Shame represents who we are not. Who we, who we are represents our likes, our, our, our values, you know, our truth. That's who we are. What is important to you? Shame isn't important to you. It's important for us to, to hide our truth, many of us, because we don't want people to make these judgments on us. But even that, you can even shed that fear whenever you stop making judgments of you, because it's not about the other. It's about you. The other is only there to, to assist you in understanding a deeper truth about who you are. When you begin to love yourself, you have no problem loving the other. When you begin to laugh at yourself, you'll have no problem with laughing with the other. When you begin to have compassion for yourself, the way that you are with other people, whenever you begin to fill yourself up with that, that, that strips the inner critic of the fuel that it uses against you. And so you'll hear that voice, but it will be little, little, little bitty voice, much less intimidating. Because that's what it is. It's fear. Again, false evidence appearing real. And like and like anything that's that's not real, it's a mirage. When you move away from a mirage, it becomes bigger and more concrete. But when you move towards a mirage, eventually it dissipates because it was nothing to begin with. Yes, danger is a reality. But understand the difference between what is dangerous and are you in danger versus fear. Because fear is a choice. And it's a choice that we make far too often. And that is the primary hindrance from us stepping up to be our, uh, our unapologetically authentic self. So, sister, I had to say that real quick. Jump in there, say that. Please just jump on in. Tell me how you feel, how you think, you know. Well, I love what you said. It literally makes me very emotional because it's true. And when I look back as a, a much older woman now, and I think of the things that I was most afraid of. And when I face them, they really weren't that scary. It literally was all in my head. And I think looking back, like, why did I not do that for years? Why could I not do that? But it, it's not as scary as you think once you, like you said, it dissipates the closer you get to it. It just starts to fade away. We've come here to have a full human experience in this place, this physical plane, this place of isness where everything is and nothing is not. We know a thing by its opposite. The sweet ain't sweet without the bitter. We know daylight by night, like literally nothing exists without its opposite. So how can you truly have an appreciation 
for that light, that flame, that passion that has always been deep within you. If you haven't yet understood your own darkness, that's why we become liberated when we lean into our discomfort of our darkness, because we realize that all that was was a truth that we didn't have access to because we conjured up some monster and said that this is, you know, you were operating off of what we were doing. We're operating off of inherited rules, inherited ways of thinking, things that people that loved us, because the cycle of humans is that we love first and then like children, like, you know, we love our children. And then because we love something so much, we become possessive to the extent that we fear losing that which we love. And so now we use fear to protect our loved ones instead of unconditional love, therefore indoctrinating our the future generations with fear fear that they have to fight, navigate and fight themselves mm -hmm. out of. And so this is what we've inherited, a set of thinking algorithms based off of fear. But fear, that's what the mind is based off. Literally, the amygdala is the fear center of the brain. So you know you're operating straight out of this. When it comes down to knowing your authentic self and stepping in and developing the audacity to live unapologetically authentic, when it comes down to living in, in your truth and being lit for life, you have to go beyond that, much deeper than that. You got to go to your heart space. And understand who you truly, truly are through this. It doesn't matter about whatever so-called mistakes that you made in the past because you haven't lived life unless you made mistakes. If you told me you don't you haven't made sloppy mistakes in your life, then what you just told me is that you've been hiding in your closet your entire life. You're supposed to mess up. That's a part of life. Don't 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 doubt your greatness because you quote unquote. What is a mess up anyway? Again, even when we stumble, we still stumble forward. Stop judging yourself. Like, just look at the things that you use to hold your, the reasons that you use to hold yourself back. When you really stare at that, you start to realize that it's quite illogical. And when you can determine that it's illogical reasons that you are using to hold yourself back, you can know that the, the, the guilty culprit is your inner critic. Deal with that bastard by feeding faith to yourself. If you feed your faith, your doubt will starve to death. I'm a pause, sister. I just had to say that real quick. Jump on in here. Jump on in here. I just had to get real close up on the people. I can't because that was amazing. Like I just could listen to you all day. And it is totally, it's like you said, it's truth. It's truth. And I think it's so funny that you say that we do pass that fear on to our children because we do. And literally, if you have never taught a ch one of your children to drive, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. I literally just paid someone to come and teach them because I didn't want to pass my fear of protecting them so that they were fearful drivers. So I'm like, I'm just gonna pay someone who, who does this all the time, who doesn't know you <laughs> to teach you to drive. And it was the best thing I ever did because I knew, I remember my mom, oh my God, with her break, right? And getting all crazy. And she made me a crazy driver <laughs> because of it. So it's so true. We pass our fears and, and those that baggage that we're carrying onto those beautiful children who like gonna get their own baggage. They don't need any of ours. <laughs> Look, there was a joke, me and me, me and brethren, I, I met a kindred spirit earlier on the show and I was joking with them and uh, we were talking about uh, racism, you know, and I said, look, I said, a lot of white folk don't know, but they are really all racist dogs. And so we were joking about it. And then I said, it's, it's not really that the dogs are racist. What happens is that when you understand racism itself, you understand that that is a fear rooted, uh, a strong, strong fear rooted belief. It's fear that's the catalyst of that. And it's being magnified and shown out through aggression. And so that fear animals detect fear and so if the owner is constantly fearful when 
African-American men happen to be around, then it's training without him even realizing, him or her even realizing they're training the animal to take on that same posture because it's sensing you sensing a threat and you're training it to say, okay, this is a threat. And so that's that's why uh, typically there's that 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 belief, which actually is very true. Oftentimes I, I had a few chase after me that, yeah, dogs can be racist. Anyway, the so point is validate that for you. My please. Husband, my husband is a veterinarian and that is absolutely true. But it's also true that there are certain dogs that cannot stand women. There are certain dogs that cannot stand men because they're raised, you know, with women who are terrified of men for whatever reason. And they pick up that energy, that fear off of you. And it's absolutely 100 percent true. <laughs> Look, all I'm saying is I ain't loony. That's all I wanted to say. Ain't nothing loony about me. You know, sometimes. Look. When you feel like sometimes you're the, you're the only sane person in an asylum, you start to doubt your own sanity. So I ain't gonna lie. You know, every now and again, when I'm tired, I may doubt, you know, but even if I am loony, is that really wrong? No. Here's the there thing. we go. If you take it one step further, think about how we're projecting our fears onto animals, because that's absolutely true. If we carry those same, we're harboring those same kind of fears, resentments, whatever that is, we're passing that on to our beautiful children who have a clean slate. They have a clean slate. They don't have any of that built up yet. And it, we don't do it intentionally. So it's not your fault, but it is your fault if you aren't trying to make yourself right better in that situation. If you're not working on doing better, being better, releasing those fears, showing up in a different way. That teaches your kids like, hey, when, when I have this fear or this resentment or anger towards something, I can start showing up in a different way because they see you doing that. So we can all show up and do better. Like I said, there's always hope, right? We can always show up and be doing better. So if we had a bad day today, it's okay. We get to do over tomorrow. We can definitely do it better. It looks, and again, look, we, we you and me, we, again, you and I, we're on the same. We were synergy is here. Synergy is here. And so let me let me say going back, I digress and bring up the sister again about the that that was on substance that was addicted to substances that moved to uh, being a brilliant mind teaching epigenetics. And we know through epigenetics how trauma is inherited, you know, and and understand that a lot of our familial patterns, these things become inherited. And what we don't realize is that. If we don't break them, then it's inherited by our children and then their children and then their children. At some at some point, at some generation, some generation has to say, OK, I'm going to break this cycle that I see happening again and again and again. And it's all pain. It all at the source of it, it's it's trauma and it's fear. No matter how many generations back it goes, it's trauma and it's fear at the source of it and shame. You know, of course, the shame, but somebody has to take that on. If you come from a family of people who suffer from alcoholism at, and you struggle with that, you have to be that one that says enough is enough. I'm breaking that cycle today and I will learn how to live a life free of, of alcohol or at least moderation, alcohol within moderation, within healthy limits, within healthy limits. You know, if you are if you if you have been through cycles of of watching generations divorce, parents divorce, grandparents divorce, you know, and now, you know, you are on your fourth or fifth divorce, you know, at some point. We have to say, OK, what's going on here? This is the same, not shame. It's not about shaming. It's about being aware. Awareness is key. Ignorance and freedom can coexist. Again, Aristotle said, know thyself. That's the number one rule. And so 
without judgment, because the mind will immediately adjust these things as bad and you're a bad person and evil and wrong, blah, 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 blah. All that is nonsense. All of that is part of the illusion. But look at it without but non-judgmental eyes and what you see is a pattern. And the pattern that you see is a pattern of pain. And when you can tune into that pattern of pain, what happens is not disgust or repulsion. What you invite in when you see that pain accurately, no matter what it looks like on the surface, you invite in compassion. And when you invite in compassion to that space, healing can begin. Cleans the wounds and healing can begin. And then true growth can begin again. Many of us feel as if we're dead because we've decided to stop being intentional about growing and anything not growing is dead. Change is inevitable, but growth is optional. We got to choose wisely and we have to be intentional day by day by day in order to do that. Look, I, sister, I didn't call you on the show to, to, to talk all day. Let me. You should be come talking. It's awesome. Come, no, 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 please, please tell me more. Tell me more about your mission. Tell, tell the people what they need to know. You know, tell them about that mindset, like from what are some of the skills in particular that you can share, you know, some freebies you want to toss out there for people as as far as a mindset reset or a mindset reconditioning or deconditioning. However, the phrase, whatever concept it is, how do you get there? Some freebies. You get there by taking one step, right? Just first of all, the first step is being aware. And the second thing that is that you talked about a lot through this show, which I am so grateful for, is it all starts with us. We can we can't I can't fix my kids. I can't fix my husband. I can't fix my neighbor. The only person I can work on and make any changes on is myself. And when you start changing yourself, I'm telling you, the energy that goes out starts creating change around you. Like if you're like everybody's flipping me off today and everybody at work and my kids would come home. Everyone at school was being mean to me. I wanted literally to put a mirror up to their face. It's their energy, right? Whatever energy they're putting out is what they're drawing back in. So a couple of things that I would say is be aware. Be aware of the words you're saying to yourself. Be aware that you do not need a boss or a husband or a mom and dad or a sister and brother or friend to tell you the things that you need to validate yourself. Those should be coming from you. Nobody else's opinion should matter. If you need someone to say you look good today, you ought to get in that mirror and say, girl, you're wow, you look great. If you crush it in a job, you need to be telling yourself, giving yourself that reward and telling yourself you're doing awesome. That's the only opinion that matters. Everyone else's comes with baggage, right? They don't know what's going on with you. Start making the way you speak to yourself different. Like start being aware. I'm writing an article for my January magazine and it's all about detoxifying the words that we use towards ourselves. Like you can't do that. You've never been able to do that. An athlete, are you kidding me? You're 20 pounds overweight. Like the things we tell ourselves are what limits us from achieving those things. So if we can start using better words and not caring, like if somebody tells me something negative now or something they think is helping me, but it really isn't, I hug them. I say, thank you. And I move on like that. <laughs> and I tell myself, you've got this girl, you're doing, you're on track, right? And so I, I, you have to start building a thicker skin and understand that they're saying it with love. Like my mom telling me to that I can't go to school and I can't do these things because I'll intimidate my husband. She said those with love. Having said that, I changed that, right? I've changed that. I was the first one to get my degree in college. My girls are now all gotten theirs. And so I've changed the way that looks for our women in my family. It was okay to be educated. It was okay to be smart. It was okay to do these things because I chose to be okay for me and pass that on. So the things you choose for yourself today 
The changes you make will change the people around you. And you're going to see it happening and it's beautiful. And it is generational, which is where I want to make the change. If I just make the change in me and no one else changes, that would be sad, but at least I did my job, right? But if I make the change in me and it puts out this energy of hope and it puts out this energy like I can do this. I can change those way, the way I'm talking to myself. I could stop beating myself up for being 10 pounds overweight. I keep saying that because that's mostly women are so wrapped up in that number on the scale and they, their whole life is based on the way they look or the number on the scale. And I'm telling you, that's not true. You just have to start seeing the beautiful you in that mirror. And you have to start telling that girl or that guy, you've got this, you're amazing. It sounds simple, but Thoughts become things, I'm telling you. I'm still alive because because of the power of thought, not medicine, nothing could help me. Thoughts become things. So the thoughts you put in your head become reality. And if you're putting up blocks, it becomes a thing. (laughs) It blocks you. So thoughts become things. I can't say that enough. And by the way, the, the secret to success, I'm telling you this is true. 80% of it is mindset, 20% is strategy. But the people who are living in fear spend 80% on strategy, never change their mindset, and they don't quite get there. So 80% mindset for business, for success, for love, for friendship, for anything in your life, 20% on strategy. Don't get caught up in strategy because once you get your mind right, everything will fall into place. It really does. Even the bumps, I get bumps all the time. Even the bumps I hit are easy now because I've got my mindset in the right place. Sister, you are flowing. You are flowing. You are flowing and you are flowing so well right now. One of the things I do definitely want you to, to, to definitely promote right of it is that you, that, that you, you know, that's connected to your mission, but also speaking to that fear. And I wanted to add real quick to that fear that this is why I'm into the, the, the this is why I love what I do because it helped, it's, it's freed me from so much of the illusion, so much of the matrix and my desire. I literally have a tattoo on my right arm that has a African-American male leaning over a fence and another arm, African-American arm reaching up, you know, and the, the, the title of it is He Ain't Heavy, He's My Brother. I, I want us all to be free. You know, my desire is to free as many people from this illusion of of shame and worthlessness and helplessness as possible. And I understand, I understand this, that I, I don't blame you for feeling the same, for feeling the way that you feel. That's not anything to be blamed. It's It's just merely a perspective shift because we were indoctrinated with fear. And when you become indoctrinated with fear through fear's eyes, life is a and then you die. That's what the mind will tell you. And so if that's what life is, you better stay as safe as possible. You better shield yourself as much as possible. Don't don't try to connect with people because they'll hurt you. Don't try to take those make business deals. They'll steal your money. Don't go out there and use your voice. People will throw tomatoes at you. That's what the mind will tell you. But you're not here to merely have a full human experience, but also to discover who you are while having this full human experience. Because that discovery or rather remembering of who you've always been, that's who you truly are. That's the who am I, not your story. We are not our story. 
And the more that we learn that truth about who we are, it's medicine. It, 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 it separates the attachment from who we are, not our story. Remember, anxiety has us worrying, thinking about what's going to happen next in the future. And those of us who suffer from depression, we have the tendency to stare at the past, the ugly past and the things that we regret. But understand that the past is history, the future mystery, and today is a gift, which is why it's called the present. While we are worrying about the future and staring at the past and knowing that even though we know that whatever we stare at becomes our reality, we're missing out on the gift that is the present right here and right now. Understand that you are whoever the hell you decide to be right now. I don't give a damn. I don't I don't care if you just sat down the crack pipe. You are if you are listening to me and you just finished smoking crack. Know that if you decide from this moment forward that you are a billionaire entrepreneur, that's exactly who the hell you are. And from this moment forward, you behave as such. The longest that it takes a while for the physical reality to catch up to the decision that you made. But when you align your aura, when you align your thoughts, words and deeds, when you know your sponsoring thought affirms your reality instead of what it is, I don't want. I don't want to experience this more. No, I choose. You speak from a place of empowerment. This I am because you're a mini creator. And when you move, when you when you radically change your thoughts along that along that frequency where you're affirming yourself, then you speak those words that affirm your reality, enhancing and magnifying the power of, of manifestation. And then lastly, with your thoughts and the words in alignment, you then align your feet in a world that wants you to do anything other than be your true, authentic self. You do it anyway. And when you do that, now you've hit the code. That's the code for rapid manifestation. All you have to do from that point forward is continue to live and move in your truth. If you continue to do that, I assure you, if you don't give up, Whatever it is that you're seeking to experience and desire, it's there. It's yours. It will be yours. That's my last little take. Sister, please close us out. Close us out. Shut us down for the show. Well, first of all, it's been a real pleasure being here. And you're so right. If you take away nothing from this show, take away those last words that you can change this right now. Whatever that is right now moving forward, you can make that change. It doesn't matter. It does take a while for it to catch up with you. But just mm-hmm. in those steps, you can make that change now. And I am all about living in the right now because I lived in the past and I lived in the future and I missed the whole beautiful part that was really going on. Love those words. Thank you so much, Harry. Thank you. Thank you so much. And look, I would love uh, I have your information and I would love to invite you back on the show. I mean, you're doing amazing things. And I see that, you know, definitely our missions are in alignment. You know, we're speaking the same language. We're just using our own different words to say it. But we are speaking the same language. Even in my course, I have a course, The Lit Factor, that I'm releasing this month. I literally in my one of my chapters, I say expectations is the greatest source of frustration. The GMA, the GMO healthy, organic, free remedy to the frustrations that comes along with expectations is hope. That's it. If I tell you, I expect you to do something that has one feel. If I say, I hope you do something that has another. If I expect, I'm going to feel a certain kind of way when it doesn't happen. And that's what we do every single time we place these expectations on, on, on things that are unreliable outside of self. But when you, when I say, I hope, that you show up to the Christmas party or whatever. What I'm saying essentially is that it would be great if I saw you at the Christmas party, but I will not allow it to negatively impact me energetically 
if you do not show up. That's a much different feel. And so I believe in your mission of hope. I wholeheartedly believe it. And I've spoken on it. I have podcast episodes dedicated solely to the concept of hope because it's such a it's it's such a it's for many people. It's it's somewhat elusive to them for some reason. And I guess because we're immersed in this, unfortunately, in this period with where we are, there's so much hopelessness that it's hard to understand that that concept, that energetic frequency called hope. But when you tap into it, you realize that 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 right there is what faith is made of, because now you can look at your negative bank account. And even though you respond to that in reality, you also understand that your bank account has not reflected the decision that you've already made for your life because you decided to be a billionaire. And so it just takes a little bit of time for the physical reality to reflect that. So you still got to deal with the struggle of finances right now, but that's not what you've chosen to be. You keep your eyes on what you've chosen, that which has not yet manifested. And as long as you keep your eyes on the prize, as long as you are intentional about that, intentionality reflects relationship. And the more intentional you are about that, the more you, the quicker, the faster it manifests into this physical reality from the metaphysical. Sister, it's been a pleasure. It's Seriously. Been- and amazing. I could listen to you all day. <laughs> it's been a pleasure. But any last plugs you want to get to people before we get out? No, I will offer everyone a free subscription to my magazine. It's just bestholisticlife.com and you can go get your subscription for free. And it's full of people exactly like you writing their stories, educating. It's beautiful. So I hope you enjoy it. Yo, please, please, please come back on the show. Thank you. It's been such a pleasure. And let me just say, sister, you are an inspiration to me. And I love I love like minded, you know, people that I meet that are evenly yoked, you know, because when those authentic connections, those authentic happenings happened, it just it lets you know, A, you're not crazy, which I know I'm not crazy. I'm beyond that part, you know. But it just continues to refuel and replenish you, you know, to know that, hey, you got another sister or brother in the fight with you, you know. So, look, stay lit, stay living in your truth, sister. And and God bless. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me. We're going to definitely be crossing paths. <laughs> definitely. I'm going to put you in the backstage for just a moment. All right. Yeah. All right. Y'all heard the brilliant Jana Sharp. And the, uh, the the amazing accomplishments that she has had and the most amazing thing was to to lean into her discomfort, lean into her fears and then come out freer on the other side of those fears, which required an immense amount of courage and determination and endurance, because life, sure enough, will test that decision. It will put you through the ringer whenever you make that decision. Oh, are you sure that's the decision you made? OK, let me throw this whammy at you. Oh, you sure? Let me throw this curveball at you. Oh, you sure you are you really sure? Let me throw this one last. Eh, how about some divorce papers at you too? <laughs> life will hit you. And, and divorce is not funny at all. But what I've said is life is full of paradox. So if you truly seek to experience what it is that you desire, you better be ready to show life just how badly you want it. Step into your truth, live in your truth. And I promise you, you'll never run out of, you'll, you'll tap into an endless source of energy that will propel you forward on your mission, whatever you look like. And it's not about the destination. Happiness is not a, not a destination to be reached. It's the way we travel. It's about the process. It's about that experience, the present. And so look, 
This is episode three of the Is That So show, second season, and we had a a, a monster. We had a, we had a queen on the show today, and I'm so grateful the sister was able to be here. And so, until next time, I'm gonna tell my people, my outlier family, and everybody else, stay lit. Do you tell your time what to do, or does your time tell you what to do? Are you living, or are you merely existing? Are you constantly reacting, or are you responding to life? Mixed beliefs create confusion, and confusion creates a life of stagnation. Desire change? Visit www.becomeanoutlier.com slash about. That is www.becomeanoutlier, becomeanoutlier.com slash about, A-B-O-U-T, to start your journey. Stay tuned for more episodes and keep listening to the nocturnal therapist himself, Harry Turner.